R&B, hip-hop status, true more or less, jazz classical type hits, that's the side effect, yeah, but internationally loaned to play the best hits, independent radio spins, non-politic, filled with all types of advice, inspiration through the daily groove that bring moods, pumping straight flavor, Nicki Minaj and a Teddy Riley, so grab your champagne and vibe, meet you in the lobby, side effects of poor groupers, radio blast rise, from Monday to Wednesday, Thursday to Friday, 7pm, so keep it tuned on the fly day, the side effect way, you're the highway, 30 minute in they cool Wednesday, that's Jag on the airway still, the side effect way on the highway, call 323-784-9635, we live, in effect with the side Hi, this is Shantae Moore from R&B Divas LA, and you're listening to the Psy Effect Radio. Hello world, and welcome to another edition of the Psy Effect Radio Show. I am Psy, your host. I know you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to hang out with me, and for that, a thank you. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, by all means, follow me at I am Psy, and also like the Psy Effect fan page by going to www.facebook.com forward slash the side effect uh tonight's guest is relationship coach motivational speaker and author stefan labossier stefan is a friend of the side effect and he has been on the show before and um i love having him on because he had such phenomenal insight about relationships and women it's astounding actually scary to be honest but tonight Stefan is going to be discussing his new book God where is my Boaz so you don't want to go nowhere because I'll be right back with Stefan Labossier right after the song by Shantae Moore bitter you know some of you guys are so bitter that you are not able to move on into a decent relationship and be happy. So, that's some things we're going to talk about today with Stefan. And uh, I'll be right back. This is the Side Effect Radio Show. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Sci Effect Radio Show. A friend of the Sci Effect Radio Show, he is. His name is Stefan. Welcome back, Stefan. Thank you for having me back. Now, you, you noticed that I um, purposely left your name out, your last mm-hmm. name out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say I something. I sure did. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try this. You know, I was practicing last night, and my husband's like, what are you saying? I said, I'm trying to say his name so I don't mess it up. I'm like, La Brazier, La Brazier. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? you chanting? <laughs> <laughs> so did I say it right this time? It, it was close. It was very close. It's <laughs> La Boussier. La Boussier. There you go. Ah, like booze, like boots. Really, it's more bull. La Bossier. La Bossier. There you go. Okay, okay. La Bos are always long. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Now, that last name, you're you're Haitian? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I I said because you know I got a lot of Haitian (laughs) friends. I think I said that last time. You know, that's my connection with my Haitian friends. Stop my friends. Now, Stefan, you got a new book out. Plus, plus, for those who don't know you, you've been on the show before, give them some background on what you do and who you are. Well, I'm a certified life and relationship coach. I'm also a professional speaker and author of the award-winning book, How to Get a Woman to Have Sex with You If You're Her Husband, and the Amazon bestseller, which we'll discuss today, God, Where Is My Boaz? Um, been doing this for several years. It's all about helping people have healthier, happier relationships and addressing the deeper issues that many tend to run from and, and leave unaddressed. So, you know, I, I just want to do my part because I know this is my purpose and what God has built me up to do. Amen. And and what you do is you do it well because, you know, I reached out to you after purchasing your first book oh my god i was glued and you know that <laughs> interview garnered over 15,000 listens so oh, you wow. know a lot of people were really into that book and um i'm i'm happy to have you back on now the new book what is the premise well the premise of the new book is that you know there's a lot of women in the church who are struggling with being single and when they go to the church and members of the church they're just told well pray be patient, or you have the gift of singleness. Mm-hmm. And that's just not enough. You know, we're not giving them any real guidance. We're not giving them any real substance as to how to address their uh, struggle and, and how to recognize what exactly is hindering them from getting that blessing that they desire so much. So this book is about helping them understand what's in your way, what's blocking that path. It, it's about not forcing, but encouraging self-reflection because that's what's needed more than anything. You know, people want to sit there and say, oh, well, it's it's the city I'm in or it's the ratio of men or, right. you know, all these different things. And it's like, listen, you have to look within yourself first. And if you do that, you will start to see a lot of results, you know. So I think that that's what the book does. It takes a very practical but also spiritual approach to addressing the issues and give some real um, advice on how to go about the whole thing. And I love that because there's so many single women that don't believe in love, number one, anymore. Mm -hmm. 
don't believe, number two, they don't believe that there are actually good men out there just because they've had a couple of bad ones. Mm-hmm. And number three, have have completely lost faith and given up and, you know, prepared to live their life single forever. And that's what I love. I took the time to check out your book, and I love how you break everything down because I think the topics that you discuss in the book, pretty much everyone can relate to, you know, and um, yeah. you, and, and, and most likely it is an issue that almost every woman has experienced as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that even if you're not a woman of God, you could read the book and learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, of course, you have to be prepared to handle the spiritual aspect that I throw in there, but it's practical advice. It isn't just pray, 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 pray. No, that's, I mean, and don't get me wrong, prayer is needed, as I will say in the book, but you can't just tell people just pray. Right. That You know, they don't even know what they're praying for half the time <laughs> or how to pray properly. It's like, come on now, exactly. we, we got to do better than that. So, Stefan, how did you go about choosing the title for the book, God, Where Is My Boaz? Well, actually what happened was the original title was going to be, um, it's actually going to be a unisex book, number one. Mm-hmm. Then the title was going to be Why God Has Yet to Send You a Good Man or a Good Woman. Mm-hmm. And then as I was writing it, um, felt that it was, I needed to separate it. Well, somebody suggested it, I prayed about it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to separate it. So it was going to be, God, where's my man? Okay. And then I was going to speak at a conference, and she asked me, okay, so what book do you have, you know, if you want to sell it at the conference? And as I was about to say the title, it just hit me out of nowhere. I can't even explain it. And I said, God, where's my Boaz? And she was like, that's it. That's a hit. That's That's going to be big. And I was like, hold on now. <laughs> well, you know, let me. So I threw it out there to a few more people, and they all had this great reaction. And I was like, okay. So I actually had to go back and revamp the book to some degree because once I added the whole Roof and Boaz aspect, I had to add that section into the book. It, um, it kind of shaped it a little bit differently, and I was able to kind of discuss those points because the other reason why I think God put that in my spirit is because people use that story a lot in the church, the whole Ruth and Boaz story. When they speak to single women, oh, you need to wait for your Boaz. God's going to send you your Boaz. And when you hear some people tell it, they misrepresent the story, and they give uh, a false understanding of what you need to do as a woman if you're waiting for that great guy that's Mm -hmm. made for you. So I felt like, you know, that was what's important about me adding it in there was to give my perspective on the story because there's some great principles to learn from it if you, in my opinion, read it correctly. Because, you know, I I just feel like, again, I remember even a year or two ago hearing about some people explaining why it's biblical for women to propose to men and using the Ruth and Boaz story. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, people will take, that. that's the, the dangerous thing about, not the Bible, that's the dangerous thing about people trying to talk about the Bible, <laughs> is that mm-hmm. you can quote so many things out of context and just create all kinds of different perceptions. You can take something, twist it, and turn it how you want, and, and make anyone believe what you wish. It, so it's very, 
It's, it's, it's dangerous in that way, and I think sometimes people, there's not enough people that will actually sit down and really break it down. They'll just, they love to just quote out of context, and that's not good because it really teaches some bad lessons sometimes, in my opinion, or some ineffective lessons. Do you think a woman should ask a man to marry them? My personally, my personal opinion, I'm old school. I believe a woman should be a woman and, let, uh, and allow the man to be the man and lead, you know, you know, it, this is how I grew up. That's how I taught. That's how I saw my grandparents. That's how I saw my mom and my stepfather. So, what do you think? I do not believe a woman should ask a man to marry her. Um, I think I have come across some uh, situations where I was like, okay, I understand. Like there was one woman who she was proposed to, denied the guy like two times, but it was because of family pressure and family issues. And then she finally realized, okay, I'm not listening to my family. I love this man. I want to be with him. So she came back and proposed to him. That's fine because he's already been proposing to her, and she was shutting him down. But when you're that woman who that guy really hasn't been talking about marriage, has <laughs> been dodging the bullet, I'm not ready, not time, I got to do this, I got to, and then you pop out and ask him, no, nah, you're tripping now. Now you're setting yourself right. up for failure. <laughs> All right, so I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree, especially when it's like even – I hate to bring them up, but the love in hip hop. Um, when Christy proposed to Jim Jones, I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that couple. Oh, I know. I was like, "Girl, you a fool." Yeah, and, no and to do it in front of this big crowd, it's like, what is he supposed to say? He's supposed to say yes. That's kind of like bullying, you know. Exactly, it's a it, setup. And you I'm know, really, say yes. to, to be fair, men do it too. Like it's one of the right. oldest tricks in the book. Let me let me put them in a big crowd so that they can't say no to me. Right. <laughs> but I think that's just dangerous. I mean, the good thing is that he eventually came back and did propose to her, and I think that was beautiful. But um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't suggest it. I wouldn't suggest that. I, I mean, I do think that there's some exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, it's it's a bad sign, very bad sign. Okay. Now let's discuss some of the content of the book. Um, you have number one chapter, chapter number two, you need to forgive and heal, and then you can love. Is that chapter number two? Yeah. That is actually chapter number one. Okay. All right. You need to begin. You need to forgive and heal. Then you can love. I think that is. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And why is it so important for them to forgive? Because you know, I, I, I used to not be an easy forgiver. I will hold the grudge <laughs> and forgive. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> you struggled just to say it. <laughs> I will hold a grudge so long. I, I remember I sold the grudge since 92, and I couldn't remember why I was mad at the person. I'm like, that hell for Wow. Mm, look at her. And I couldn't remember. And I just might say, why was I mad at her yet? Wow. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, why is forgiving so important? It's important because when we don't forgive, we hold on to that past negative energy. And that hinders us, whether we realize it or not, it does. A lot of people who are so negative and, and with their bad attitudes and, you know, always taking this negative approach to life, they chances are have someone who hurt them that they've never forgiven, period. I really, I, I don't want to say chances. I almost want to say 100% mm-hmm. because I know, at least in my experience as a coach, I have not come across a client who is behaving in a negative manner 
who did not have something from their past, someone who hurt them who they did not forgive. Wow. It's almost it's like almost guaranteed it's pretty much guaranteed. So yeah. that's why it's so important because you have to free yourself. That's why they always say forgiveness is freedom. Mm-hmm. You have to release that because that's hindering your ability to see things properly. That's hindering your ability to receive love. The thing is, when you haven't forgiven that person who hurts you, you will struggle to trust any bit of love from anybody, all right? You can only trust so much, but then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I'm not getting too close. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to get hurt again. And a lot of that stems from because you have not released that pain, and that's what forgiveness is about. you got to release that pain. It's not about who hurts you. It's not about saying technically that what they did was okay. It's simply saying, I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. Yeah. You know, and mistakes were made. People were hurt. The reality is we all hurt people, whether we realize or not. Or we all have hurt somebody in our life. So, uh, granted, some people do much more ridiculous, worse things than others, but understand that hurt people hurt people. So that person who did do someone wrong was probably done wrong in their life. And rather than forgiving and addressing the issue, they allow the cycle to continue, mm-hmm. and they just pass it forward to someone else. It's like a, a venereal disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep passing it back and forth. It's like, oh, keep mm-hmm. that over there. got to get cleaned up. Exactly. Now, Chapter 4, and this is um, something that a lot of women can relate to. You're too occupied with the wrong man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want the man that really ain't into us. We want the dog that put it down in the bedroom. We don't want the good guy who, you know, is a good provider. He takes care of the family. You know, he buys. We don't want them. Why? But, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer that in most, I'm not. But in most cases, the issue is less about the woman doesn't really want the good guy. Mm -hmm. It's that she can't handle the guy. Mm. And what I mean by that is, again, for the woman who's been hurt, she does not trust being vulnerable. She does not trust love. So the guy who's too good makes her feel too vulnerable. The guy who's the douchebag who doesn't really want her, it's safer emotionally. Yeah, she know almost she knows what she's getting already. Right, right. You know, right. it's like if you're too good, you're too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to look for everything that I can find to feel comfortable because it's like, nah, something's got to be wrong with you. Yeah. You can't be this great. And then when I can't find something, I will either self-sabotage or I will run. That is the mentality of the woman who's dealing with that situation who hasn't addressed past hurt. Freak. You know, they be running, and then, looking at the wrong, the toes. Okay, his toes jacked up. I knew there was something wrong with his knee. <laughs> exactly, just, just searching for something. And then I'm gonna take it a little bit further because you mentioned, you know, going for the the bad boy who done laid it down. Mm-hmm. That's a myth too. Okay, and what I mean by that is this: two, there's two sides to that. One, you know why it, he laid it down? He laid it down because you were open to it. Damn. Meaning. That with the guy you don't care about, you let go. He's there for your pleasure. You know what you're using him for, companionship and sex. Wow. And because of that, you're open to the pleasure. You're, you're not self-conscious about this, that, and the other. You're just enjoying yourself. 
So, of course, it's going to be good. Not because he was good, because you allowed it to be good. But then when you're with the good guy, you're self-conscious. Am I doing this right? What does he think about me? There's all kinds of concerns running through your head. You also don't want to fall in too deep. God forbid it's good sex. Now you really won't know how to handle yourself around the good guy. So you hold back. So now you claiming the good guy just ain't that good. No, no, you won't allow it to be good. Right. So wow. it's just a it's a big myth. Now I'm not gonna sit here and say that sometimes the the other guy may not be better in certain ways. I'm I'm not gonna deny that. But I think that in more cases than people realize, no, it, it's really the woman who's dictating how good or bad this could be. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, and then using that as a, as a logic to latch on to the wrong guy. And if they just understood what was really going on. They would realize no, you you giving that guy more credit for doing not much. How did you get to know so much about women? I mean, did, did you have like a thousand of them to figure it out first, or did you have like a bunch of sisters and you just sitting like mm-hmm, taking notes? How did you get to know so much about women? Um, not technically, I not technically, but I do have three sisters, mm-hmm. and I'm the only boy. But I I can't. In honesty, say that's what taught me what I know. Um, I think for me, it was simply, you know, people always talk to me, and people always opened up to me, even when I was younger. So I think one, I've been able to see deeper into the lives of many women and um, really get a closer look at what's going on. But honestly, it was when I got closer to God because when I wasn't close to God, I was still looking at things through my eyes and analyzing. And so I always had a good knowledge of women, but like to the level of where I'm at now, no. That happened because getting closer to God caused me to be more selfless. And then I wasn't having sex no more. So when I'm not when you're not having sex, you start seeing all kinds of other stuff. I bet. Cuz you're not blinded no more by the right. by the pursuit of the booty, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that should be your next title, the pursuit of the booty. That's actually a very good title. You gave uh-huh. me a good idea. I'm about yeah. to do that. <laughs> okay, whoever's listening, this is already copyrighted, so don't even try to it. So by removing that pursuit, I was able to pay more attention to the emotional side. Yeah. And really start to understand. And then I think the other side of it is that I I embrace what I sense. You know, I think a lot of people see some of the things that I see, but they don't embrace it or they're afraid to speak on it and be wrong or, you know, there's all kinds of fear holding them back. It's almost like the kid in class who knows the answer but doesn't want to raise their hand. Mm-hmm. Just the fear of being wrong, just the fear of being singled out. And to me it's like, nah, screw it. I'm just going to say what I feel. Right. So, and then what happened was I would call things out. And I would pay attention to the woman's reaction or women's reaction. So when I would say a theory that I had and I see how they react or even some of them would say, oh, yeah, then I knew, okay, I'm onto something here. Uh I'm right. So now I'm going to go deeper with this. And I would just develop my overall understanding that way by just throwing out what I just genuinely saw and, you know, wasn't afraid to just put it out there. Do your sisters often come to you for advice relating to men? Uh, well, they're all married. Okay. okay. But they do uh, come to me when it comes to the, the concerns in the marriage sometimes. Well, actually, let me tell you, that's actually what prompted the first book. When I moved up here, 
I was surrounded by married couples, not just them, but their friends and other friends and just people in general and dealing with all of them and, and coaching them and, and it just really started to help me see, okay, what issues are uh, a lot of married couples are dealing with, you know. So uh, they do come to me um, and feel comfortable telling me everything. I mean, the things that I talk about with my sister sometimes, you would be like, your sister talk to you about that? Like, wow. we, it'll go all the way. It's almost like I'm not their brother when we're talking about those issues. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Now, yes. uh, the final chapter of the book, you touched on a little bit in sharing your own personal story of getting close to God, closer to God. Um, it's God wants you to focus more on Him. Why is that so important? Because when we don't, we get caught up in our own way of thinking. We get caught up in idolizing things we shouldn't idolize. And the reality is at the end of the day, we're made so that we can praise God. Right. I mean, you know, whether you like that to be the, the final result, it is what it is. So, you know, we we have to learn to focus on him. We have to learn to do it his way. And not just for that reason, but simply because his way is the best way. Best way, yeah. You know, and if you're not focused on him, you're not going to receive his direction. You're going to get caught up in the direction of the world. You're going to get caught up in logic. You're going to get caught up in all these other distractions. So it's extremely important for various reasons to um, focus on him and put him first so that you can get the proper guidance, that you can get more out of life because God did not create any of us to not enjoy life at its fullest. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, it's going to be... Uh, trials and tribulations, there's going to be moments because we have to build our character through those uh, rough, tough moments. Right. And we have to learn things. You know, it's kind of like boot camp. Mm. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a necessary thing for us to build our character, but ultimately um, he wants us to have great things, and he knows the correct roadmap to achieving all the things that we need to achieve. Now, on page 35... You touched on something that a lot of women, yet again, can relate to. You're scared to be alone. Can you give us a little glimpse on what you discussed in there? Because I don't want to give everything away in your book. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so it's an awesome book, and I think people really need to go out and um, purchase it and download it. Um, but I really want to touch on you're scared to be alone because that's why a lot of women and men stay in relationships that aren't good for them and they're not happy in because they just don't want to be by themselves. Can you yeah, touch on um, that a bit? Fear is a very paralyzing emotion. And unfortunately, a lot of people struggle with the fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. And they don't properly address it. You know, they'll jump from relationship to relationship and they'll act like it's all good, but it's not. You know, and they'll sit there like I even had a a young woman who spoke to me yesterday who was talking suicide. And, you know, she, oh, I love this man, but he done got some other woman pregnant and all this crazy stuff is happening. But after we kept digging, because I could tell, it's like, you know, everyone's going to come to me and say, oh, I love him, oh, I love her, oh, it's it's because I love them, that's why I'm still here. No, no, no. I, I know better. I can see through it. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes, yeah, there's love that's there or a true connection that's there, but a lot of times it's not. And ultimately it came out. She's afraid to be alone. Mm-hmm. 
And she's jumped from relationship to relationship to relationship. And I'm like, hey, you've got to take time to yourself. You've got to figure out who you are. You know, but that's the, that's the scary part about being alone. When you don't know who you are, being alone is like being with a stranger. Mm-hmm. And so it's not comfortable, you know, but it's, it's very, very necessary. And I think that people have to be more honest with themselves when they have that fear because if not, you're going to basically mind-screw yourself into believing whatever you want mm-hmm. to validate right. holding on to this individual. When at the end of the day, if you would just look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm afraid to be alone, now we can address the issue. Right. You know, I had the pleasure of in- interviewing singer um, Shante Moore. Mm-hmm. And it was a very fun interview, but she made a comment that was her truth, but hilarious at the same time. She said, I enjoy waking up by myself. I enjoy being alone because she's newly divorced for the second time around. And she said she enjoy it. She loves being by herself now. She's not afraid. <laughs> and like you said, once you recognize and realize that that was an issue, it's easy to resolve it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. I want to go over one more thing that a lot of people seem to do. The quick temporary fixes. And <laughs> <laughs> no more running from your problems is something else that you discuss. Can you um, give us a quick glimpse of that paragraph? Of what the, the, the quick fixes are? Yes, because we often, I mean, married, single, we all do the quick fixes and running away from it. You know, I'm going to cover it up, I'm going to fix it, I'm going to fix it. And then it's never fixed. Exactly. The problem is still there. It's just more condensed and compiled and it's it's greater now because you you quick fixed it. So go and talk about that. Why they need to stop that? Well, first, the these aren't really fixes, but these are things that people run to: uh, drugs, alcohol, porn, sex. Wait, porn? Porn is no, no, porn, porn. Is Listen, not. let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here in front on nobody. Yes, I've watched plenty of porn in my day. Okay, mm-hmm. but one thing I've learned is that porn is no different than those who drink who go have a drink who go smoke, who go get get high, whatever the case may be, because it's a, it's a lot of times it's really just a distraction from your life. It's a way to... But it's only five minutes. Listen, it's five minutes maybe for you. <laughs> Some people are staying in front of that computer for hours. Oh, my Don't God. Don't get it twisted. How they go blind doing that. Yeah, and, 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 and sometimes even if it's for five minutes, it's that, you know, it's that stress reliever. It's that get my mind off of things. It's like a way to self-medicate, right. you know. But, again, it's not really fixing nothing. And, and the thing is this. It's one thing if, okay, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody who sometimes goes and takes a peek and whatever. Do what mm-hmm. you do. But, again, there are some people who it's almost an addiction, or it is an addiction. And it is what they always turn to when they get stressed out, they can't handle things, rather than actually addressing the issue that they're facing. Mm. That's That's when it's a problem, and that's with anything. It's like, hey, everyone's allowed to have a drink, but when alcohol becomes your friend to the point that you don't address your issue, you just turn to having some drinks, now that's a problem. Yeah, 
Because you start you know. naming your alcohol. I'm getting everything <laughs> out with Bobby. Bobby, what, what's some alcohol? Because I don't drink, so I don't even know. I, I haven't drunk in a long time, so I don't even know. But, yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> now, but, other quick fixes is just people just flat out ignore the issue. You know, like even with cheating, people get cheated on, and then they'll talk to their partner, okay, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. That that ain't fixing it. You didn't address okay. nothing. You think you're going to be okay now? Please, I almost guarantee it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah, you need to figure out why. Why are you cheating? Exactly. Yeah. You have to talk about it. So, I mean, and then other quick fixes. Rela- relationships are some quick fixes. Some people will just jump into different relationships just to not address their issues. Truth. And you, you know, know and it's a way of validating themselves. Well, I'm in a relationship, so I must be okay. No, you're not. Yes, I see Same that way for people who get married. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot on Facebook. You'd be like, well, what happened to so-and-so out of a relationship? Now she back in a relationship. I'm like, what? Girl, you've been in five relationships in two years because I've been seeing your, your status change every 30 days. What's going on? And I think they're just looking for love. Even the people who marry people that they're not in love with, they just want the title. They just want the title, and they're just looking for love and have that companion because that's what they see other people with. So you know, some so of them don't. aren't even looking for love. Some of them are just looking to get family off their back. Mm. Some of them just want a baby Dang. and don't want to do it outside the marriage. Wow. Yeah, I know that somebody's hearing it now. It, it hit somebody just now. When I oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talking to me? Oh, I know he ain't talking to me. How he know? How he know? <laughs> You know, there's all kinds of reasons why people do it, and it's not always because of just searching for love. Because, again, you know, the reality is that women's intuition, and I think I say it almost every interview, women's intuition is off the charts accurate. And the reality is that most women, if not all, know when they're marrying someone they're not truly in love with. They might sit there and claim all kinds of stuff and and say, oh, but I love them and this. They know. They know. Deep inside, they know. But they have a goal in in their mind, and they're not going to let a lack of being in love derail them from their goal. (laughs) It's like, we can work this. I can grow to love him. You know, (laughs) everyone has their ups and downs. They throw out all kinds of ways to validate the, the, the... what they're about to do, but they know, and and, you know. and I and I hate to say, it, but it's such a truth. In more cases, if not uh, almost all, it's the man who's clueless. Mm-hmm. He's Men like, are not as in tune with I'm those like, types of things. They're not as in tune emotionally, and a man is looking at the surface. If it makes sense logically, then he, oh, why would not marry this woman? Right, right. But and they may have no clue. Yeah, but the woman, know. it's know. rare. If any time that she has no clue. Mm-hmm. We are women on a mission. We have a purpose for everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. And y'all are just la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of y'all. Some of y'all be knowing what's going on ahead. Yeah, like, so, of course, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, how can everyone contact you on the social media? How can they purchase? Your book, I know it's available. Um, the ebook is available also, but if they want the hard copy, tell them how they can purchase actually both of the books that you've written. 
Um, they can find me on my website, StephanSpeaks.com, S-T-E-P-H-A-N, Speaks.com, on Twitter, at Stephon Speaks, Facebook, Stephon Speaks Relationships. And to get the book, they can either go to the site or they can go to GodWhereIsMyBoaz.com. And from there, they'll have the option to either buy the PDF version, they can get it through Amazon, or they can get the audio book, uh, which should also be available on iTunes very soon. Great, and I want to thank you for coming back on the Science Faith. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it as always. Thank you, and much success. I can't wait to have you back because I know that that uh, pursuit of booty is coming. <laughs> better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for hanging out with me on the Science Faith Radio Show tonight. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, follow your girl at I am Psy. Also like the Psy Effect Radio Show fan page on Facebook under the Psy Effect. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Psy Effect Radio Show, email me at info at the Psy Effect Radio Show dot com. Until next time, continue to spread peace and love. Mwah.